This episode of The Penumbra is brought to you by Fat Owl Fashion, a small queer-owned fashion boutique that specializes in plus sizes, gender non-restrictive clothing, and adaptive clothing for the disabled community. They offer original designs, custom clothing and costumes, and pride wear and accessories. Yay, we love it. Fat Owl's website is fatowl.fashion, or you can find them on Facebook or Instagram under Fat Owl Fashion. So remember, if you check them out, which you should because they are adorable and very queer, you can use the discount code PENUMBRA at checkout to receive 15% off your total order. So if you want to help us out, if you want to help Fat Owl Fashion out as well, go to fatowl.fashion and use the discount code PENUMBRA. Ah, good evening, traveler, and welcome to the Penumbra. Take your seat, please. Take your seat. The junction lies ahead, so if you'll allow me just a moment. (laughs) We are now passing through Hyperion City. Our next stop, Juno Steel and the Long Way Home. followed the noise around another pipe, staying as quiet as I could knee-deep in muck. But by the time I got there, the place was empty. Just some ripples in the sewage where something used to be. 
That had been my whole return to Hyperion City so far. Rita, Mick, Old Town, where is Jack Takano? All I could find were the ripples. Never the source. My name's Juno Steele. I've been away from home for just a few weeks now, but the city I've come back to... I don't recognize it anymore. No, that's not right. It's like it doesn't recognize me. I got back in town yesterday morning, and as soon as Brown Jacket drove us into the city limits, I could tell something was off. Maybe I was still used to the volume of an election, but the place felt quiet to me. You could hear sirens whistling in the distance, arguments in the balcony windows, but nothing felt like it would last. No big moves, just waiting. Watching. For once, I felt like talking about as much as the big guy. We are here. Here? Here where? This is the boiler, isn't it? This is where you asked to go. Hyperion City. I asked you to bring me home. To my apartment? My office, maybe? This I cannot do. Why the hell not? Hold this, please. Uh, Comms, all right. So, how long do you want me to hold it for? As long as you wish. It is yours now. Then why the hell did you just say so? Also, Buddy was quite clear with me that I am not to let you out of that sidecar until you say thank you. You're dropping me off three hours from my apartment and she wants me to thank you? That will do. Didn't count. Our time is limited, so you must listen. I've downloaded three items you will find useful onto that comms. The first is an audio file with some wisdom that has saved me many times before. It says, We may look backward, only to ensure we have not walked this path before. We may look backward, only to ensure we have not walked this path before. Mmm, very wise. Real handy, big guy. Second, a report on that man you spoke of, Jack Takano. It surprises me that you have not heard of him. He did create the galaxy's favorite hero. And third? Gom's coordinates. You gave me your number? Seriously? We are not there yet. Why not? We're close enough for you to rip my eye out, but not... Buddy Orinko. Mm. You gave me Buddy's number. Why the hell would I need her number? There is still a job offer waiting for you. I'm not going to be a crook, big guy. That is your choice. Tell Buddy not to hold her breath. That is her choice. And now I must leave. Buddy will never call you again, and I will follow you no longer. Wait, so this is just it? Unless you call. Please, get off my bike now. Fine. (laughs) Juno! I turned to look at him one last time. And for a second, I felt like I was going to miss the big lug. And feeling directionless as I was, I hoped he'd saved one last piece of quiet wisdom for me. You are still wearing my helmet! Oh. There. Happy now? Not at all. I've grown fond of your presence in this hover cycle. I thought my tears would imply that. Your what? Are you crying? Everyone cries, Juno. You're that broken up about dropping me off, but you won't even give me a ride I must not be seen in the city. And if one wishes to keep one's presence unknown, one never returns to the same location three times. I've already been to your apartment thrice. What about my office, then? Twice. But I must save one for when you call Putty. Goodbye, Juno. Goodbye... <laughs> Seriously? I still don't get to know your stupid name, you... <coughs> that was the day's first disappearing act. No ceremony, just a cloud of dust, and then... alone. I didn't want to walk two hours. The radiation sickness wasn't quite done with me, still curdled in my gut if I moved too fast or too long. So I took my new comms out for a spin and made a call. 
I didn't know what to do about Hyperion, but at least my first move felt obvious. Hi! Rita, you took your time picking up. Listen, I'm in the boiler and I need a ride. This is Rita! And if you're hearing this, that means my comms is out of juice, which means either that I'm in the middle of watching something very interesting and I am not to be interrupted, or maybe that I've been kidnapped! But that second one sounds interesting, too, so wait a few days before you come save me, okay? Ugh. So leave a message if you want, and I'll get right back to you as soon as I can- oh, Wait! Unless the third option is that maybe Mr. Steele and I are up to some real sneaky stuff, and then don't call or leave a message because if my comms goes off during another stakeout, he's gonna kill me! Anyway, leave a message. I love you. Thanks! Bye! Rita. <clears throat> Rita, this is Juno. I'm back in town, and you're back on the job. Call me ASAP. So I found a bus station and told myself I needed the alone time to plan my next move. About how to take on Hyperion's man of the future while part of me was still stuck on the man from my past. About what the hell I was supposed to do after that. But I couldn't take the silence very long. So I plugged the comms into my ear and got listening. Or tried to. Brown Jacket's comms was a little more advanced than my old model. What the hell is this saying? Come on. Give me a comms with the volume down. Unbelievable. Wait, stop. We may look back. No. Part 17. Welcome back to part 5 of Questions Unanswered. Where is No, damn it. I'm Hawk Hackett, and our next segment is The Ride. Figures. Rita'd be able to set this stupid thing up. Andromeda's rise to popularity was meteoric, and within months, the financial troubles that had plagued North Star were behind them. Cultural critics for the past 30 years have tried to account for this surge in popularity, often citing the pervasive cultural anxiety during the last years of the Galactic Civil War. But very few have explained this shift as succinctly as Takano himself, on the red carpet of his heroine's second feature, Andromeda and the Sea of Sinners. I think the biggest reason people prefer Andromeda to Turbo is that Turbo was never very good. <laughs> and I can say that, I can say that, because Turbo was my project, but I was easily the least talented person on that team. It's laughable to think about it now, a man showing up off the street without a portfolio, without a resume, without so much as a doodle on a napkin, and then they handed me the keys to a major property. Miranda must have been out of her mind completely. North Star's founder, Miranda Fairbanks, commented on Takano's quick rise to management in her memoir. Jack never gave himself enough credit for the opportunities he earned. It's true that he just showed up at our office one day with nothing, and, and I mean nothing. Just his clothes and an idea that I suspected was fake, though I never looked into it. But within days, he made himself indispensable, filling in every gap in workflow he could find, learning every job that needed doing, and most importantly, playing emotional translator to some of the more gifted artists on staff. We called him a writer, but really he was always more editor or manager, which certainly made Andromeda a happy surprise. But even so, I never forgot how he looked at our door that first day with his suit and his fake license. I'm here to help, he said. From his tone, I couldn't tell if he meant the company or the world or just me. 
Because Fairbanks repeatedly suggests that Takano may have been guilty of some form of identity fraud, rumors of a libel suit followed soon after her memoir's publication. But these never went to court. Jack Takano was missing for ten years by then, and he'd left behind no family and no estate to file for him. Again and again, this is the story of Takano's four brief years in the public eye. Appearances and disappearances. Or, as Fairbanks phrased it, I often thought him our guardian angel, sent to watch over us. But he had another face, too. In the months planning Polaris Park. In that final letter he left. Then I felt he was a ghost. Haunting. Haunted. I was stir-crazy and sick of buses by the time the last one dropped me off by my office. But even walking the couple of short blocks there made my head pound and my stomach feel like it was going to flip inside out. Every step I told myself it'd be fine. I'd make it back to the office, ask Rita to stay quiet a few hours while the nausea passed, then figure out what we should do. Didn't have to tell Rita to stay quiet, though. Hello? Rita? My office. Rita, are you watching your stupid shows in my office again? I bought you a new monitor so you wouldn't do that, didn't I? I'm gone for a few weeks and you act like you own the This is day five place. of the old town lockdown. And the official statement from Town Hall is that we shouldn't expect the gates to reopen anytime soon. Quote, The specific nature of the threat in our poorest and most subjugated district cannot be overestimated. We must ensure that the old town solution works before we can divulge the full scope of our strategy. End quote. What the? For five days now, citizens separated from their families have camped out at each entrance of the old town border on freeway ramps and border ports. Mayor O'Flaherty has yet to comment on his administration's controversial approach to this situation. And that's when I got worried. I called Mick, but the signal was blocked. Just a message saying that calls into and out of Old Town had been temporarily suspended. Then Alessandra, but the message said she was off-planet and not accepting calls. Same with Khan. And Sasha, I wasn't going to find her number without Rita. So I tried Rita again. Hi. Nothing. And then I got really desperate. Read some headlines to see who I could trust. Didn't like what I saw. Saffron Pharma, bought by North Star Entertainment. Kanagawa Productions, in talks to merge with North Star Entertainment. Even Vallis Vicky's Vixen Valley had closed shop in the days after the election, and where the hell they all were now, I didn't know. I didn't know where anyone was. I stayed there through the night, calling and trying to catch up on what happened to Hyperion City. Calls kept bouncing. The news streams didn't know a goddamn thing, and they were turning not knowing into a 24-hour media special. But what exactly has happened in Old Town? We know it began with alerts of an Omega-class sandstorm approaching Old Town Dome. But as was the case several times last year, the alert appears to have been a false alarm. Just... that. Over and over again. So bad that I fell asleep to one report and woke up to another that sounded exactly the same. Damages are reportedly intense in the district, though no footage has made it through the broadcast barriers surrounding Old Town. Even so, some experts predict that without a strong local police presence, the damages caused by riots... Until I heard this. This just in, folks. This just in. Mayor O'Flaherty is issuing an official statement from Town Hall as we speak. 
We bring you live to the scene as the mayor updates us on the situation in Old Town. City, I recognize your great frustration in the quiet that has followed Old Town's terrible tragedy. But rest assured that progress is being made and the path to our future is clear. We are not yet ready to discuss the details of the Old Town solution, but I will say this. Given the district's poor treatment by every cabinet for the past century, its current state was inevitable. If we are silent, it is because we wish to do Old Town the good it has been owed for 100 years now. That leaves little time for talking about that good. Because unlike Hyperion's terms under mayors like Pereira, like Freeman, like Armada Incorporated, this cabinet believes in action. For years, Pilot twisted facts and buried evidence to convince you change had happened instead of spending that time to make change. In our silence, my cabinet and I are spreading the soil from which a better tomorrow will grow. And so we must request your patience for just three more days. In 72 hours, the gates to Old Town will be opened and you will see the great future ahead of us. No questions. Three days. Three days to what? The experts dissected every word Ramses had said like he'd buried some hidden answer for them to find. They wanted him to be right. We'd all invited this man into our homes, and now all of Hyperion was quiet with hope that we wouldn't regret it. Right before I turned off the monitor to leave my office, the news streams showed another snapshot of Ramses. It had only been a little over a month since I'd seen him, but he looked so... Different. Tired. Sick. And maybe a little guilty? I wondered if Jack DeCano made that face at Ma's pitch meeting. Jack and Ramses didn't look a thing alike. Not skin, hair, bone structure, nothing but the guilt. If it was guilt. I wondered if that, at least, looked the same. I tried Rita one last time. Hi! Nothing. This is out in the desert, out in my head, I'd learned I didn't have to do it all on my own, but right then it felt like I'd learned it all too late. The feeling wasn't helping, so I shook it off. I'd bring the others with me how I could. So I packed an Alessandra strong bag with clothes, supplies, and provisions. I took inventory with Sasha skepticism. I took a breath to fill myself with benzite and courage and sheathed the plasma knife next to my blaster, and once I felt ready, I told myself a genuine king of the freeway whopper. You've got this, Steel. In and out in twenty minutes. Easy. Almost took a piece of Rita with me, too, but it felt pointless trying to replace her. So I wrote a note instead, locked up the office, and left. I still knew one way into Old Town. One way they'd never close. Which is how I got down here, to the sewers of Old Town, and even here, nothing's like it used to be. 
I could tell right away. On my way down the first ladder, my foot crushed a half full beer that made my socks and the whole situation stink. The rabbits would never leave a half a beer lying around. Something was wrong. And as I kept walking, it just got wronger. Tubes that didn't lead where they used to. Toppled rabbit stands with singed old mattresses and waterlogged flashlights. And that noise. I kept hearing it down tunnels and across corners, but in the sludge, I couldn't keep up with it. So all I'd catch were flashes. A glint of dirty metal. A crater in a wall. A red blip of light in the distance, then steam rising from the scum. And every so often, faintly. It's voice. What it was saying, I couldn't tell, but it didn't feel human. At least it wasn't interested in me, I thought. It wasn't like I could stay silent down here. But the silence of everything else, the air that pulled tighter and tighter around me, it was getting to me. I had to block it out. Luckily, the big guy had given me something for that. Now, these words come to us automatically. They're as central to our culture as cricket pad thai, bargain day, even the chainmail warrior herself. But they didn't come automatically to Takano. Everything was revised again and again and again. Even the trash cans. A man obsessed in those days. My team would be working on the design for an automated trash collector in Reesmerks, and he would come look at our work closely and then say something like, it needs to be cuter, or it needs to sing when it eats the trash. (laughs) It was like that in every department, no matter when they met, offering insights and feedback. That's Lorenzo Vega, current head of Reesmerks and Developgrins at Polaris Park. Our success was still a babe then, after all. It had been only two years since the first Andromeda film was released, and no investor wanted to take a chance on North Star. They wanted Jack. You could say he was their diamond duck. And so, for them to keep paying, he had to make it seem as though he'd laid every brick himself. I think I can say now that he did not lay every brick. But even with a staff of thousands on his side... He may well have laid half of them. The, um, bricks, obviously, but... But still, I have no idea when the man slept. Obsessed. Obsessed. For months after the release of Sea of Sinners, the public waited breathlessly for the third Andromeda film. And yet, week after week, and month after month, no announcement came. Now, Jack, you must know, I gotta ask you. I'm certain your producers think you do, though you'll get no secrets out of me. Well, I gotta try, don't I? So, let me ask. Jack, the next Andromeda movie, when? See, they want to hear it, Jack. Come on, have a heart. Give the people what they want, huh? I can't say anything about the release of our next project, but, but... I'll say that what we're working on next is ambitious. Something no one is going to see coming. Yeah, well, that's fine, Jack. But can you tell us what it's going to do? Of course. It's going to change things. Really? Oh, Jack, you had me going there for a minute. Give it up for world-class kidder Jack Takano, everybody! public would remain in suspense until a full year after the release of Andromeda and the Sea of Sinners, when Takano revealed his project at a press conference in front of Hyperion Town Hall. Will Andromeda ever get home? This is the question we receive most often at the North Star Main Office, mostly from children, but... 
And I am thrilled to say that today, at this press conference, I will be able to answer that question in a way. Because for me, the most beautiful thing about the Andromeda fable is the strength it shows we have for one another. Andromeda may try and fail to return to her home, but what does she do along the way? She returns others to theirs. She thaws Queen Pisces' castle. She releases Ares from Orion's curse. And everywhere she goes, she creates homes, even if she cannot find her own. We at North Star would like to learn from Andromeda. And if she cannot return home on her own, we would like to make a home for her and for all of you. A home as good, proud, and safe as hers. And so today, North Star would like to announce our latest project, the City of the Future. Welcome home. It was genius. As Jack put it, North Star's priority has always been to manufacture public good. From the beginning, we've used entertainment as a vehicle for educating the children. That's why our shows before Jack always ended with a lesson of some sort. Eon Ion had its seminars on the crossroads between theoretical physics and 30th century warfare. Money Girl and the subsidiaries ended with a 42-minute lecture on tax law. And now you have Andromeda, the peakity peak of our ideal, a film series that deals with morality, with charity, that makes heroism a process and not a goal. What else are you going to do in cartoons at that point? You, you have to reach past the screen and into the real world. He always said that's why he sought North Star out in the first place. Because we were trying to make things better. Dr. Vega's theory is consistent with Takano's work. Turbo Saves the Day was often criticized for ending with morals too simple for all but the youngest children. And this do-good attitude has become central to North Star's raison d'etre, even in the years since his disappearance. To this day, much of the company's profits are donated to charity, and in recent years they've put nearly a third of their profits into affordable housing and health care. But this future wasn't set in stone when construction first began on Polaris Park. At the time, many found Takano's direction for the company controversial. Controversial doesn't begin to cover it. At the beginning, the City of the Future project felt like a stab in the back. That's Jocelyn Chen, former head of animation at North Star. I just want to start by saying this. I loved Jack. I think he had a great heart. He clearly, you know, saw a future that none of us could really understand. But he wasn't always great at explaining what that future was ahead of time. And that meant, well, for example, it meant sometimes he'd reassure you that getting into municipal planning didn't mean he'd turned his back on making movies. And you couldn't tell if that was true or if he just needed it to be true right now. You had a disagreement with him. I did. I tried to get him to show me the full plan of his city of the future, but he wouldn't budge. So one day, I went into his office, and I banged down the door, and I said, Listen, Jack, you can't just yank us around like this. I've got a department full of people scared they're not going to have jobs in a year, and they just want to know you're going to do good by them. Did he argue with you? <sighs> no. He looked pretty wounded, actually. I apologized too much. Then he showed me his plans up close, and... I mean, most of them were beyond me, but the one thing I could see was that there was no Andromeda. There wasn't a single North Star character anywhere. He asked how he could make things better for us. I said, Jack, we're a cartoon company. 
let us draw some cartoons. This was the first of many compromises Takano would have to make in order to build his city of the future, which some say was not a theme park at all on first conception. Or as Miranda Fairbanks wrote, I told him, Jack, the tagline can't be, welcome home. People are going to think they can live there. And he just looked at me like a kicked puppy and said, why can't they? So I had to impose a few controls. How's this thing going to make money? I asked him. He didn't have an answer, so I added some merchandising opportunities and a fee at the gate. He'd tell me his big ideas for hours and hours, that this place was going to change things, that it'd bring joy to suffering people. Well, Jack, I said, do those suffering people have a lot of cash? Because the budget you're proposing is way more than we'll ever have, even with an interplanetary success, and I'd rather not end up in Hoosgau. He didn't have an answer for that, either. So we halved its size. The city of the future wasn't a city anymore, so we called it Polaris, and the tagline was, Welcome to our home. Then a few investors dropped out, and we made it smaller again. Polaris Park. Tagline, the place we all call home. Then when the focus group showed nobody understood what a place we all call home even meant, it became the place that Fon calls home. Huh? Jack wasn't happy with that. He kept looking for another name for weeks and weeks, but he never found one that he The hell was... Just shut up. How do I get the stupid thing to shut up? Damn it, can't hear Well, heard that. I chased after the sound as quickly as I could. I was gaining on it, but so was something else. Something big. Our final chapter, the homeless hero. A laser hit the wall in front of me and cracked it like an egg. Brick and rubble scattered in viscous sludge. I smelled smoke and fur, thought the rabbit was a goner. Then a gray-green shape scrambled through that hole, barking, and I felt my first pang of hope all day. I went in after it. A few seconds later, I heard that thing chasing us, whatever it was, roll right by. We'd lost it. Can you tell me about the park's opening, Dr. Vega? We were all very busy that morning. Several of the attractions Here, bunny, 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 bunny. I got a billion cred bill with your name on it. To get them back on their knees again. We Rabbit? Here you are. Jocelyn Chen describes the morning similarly. I had my team out painting the walls themselves. Oh, you're that just wasn't a in their job baby. Too. I remember thinking I was going to force Come here, small fry. them all on vacation. Come here. I'm not going to hurt you. I don't think any of them would have wanted to be anywhere else. There, see? Then you it's okay. were too busy. You didn't see Mr. Jacano at all that morning? Nope. That looks like Sorry, it burned your leg bad. pretty badly. At the time, the hell it felt like... You're gonna be okay, just but beyond that, he seemed looked calmer than he had in months, maybe years. He didn't say anything that would make you suspicious, but even so I don't know how, but I was putting away the last can of paint and I could just feel it. Well, there was a rhythm to his check-ins, he got used to them, and so before I completely understood how I knew, he was gone. Is it gone? 
You stay put, I'm gonna go look. In her memoir, Miranda Fairbanks wrote, Cover up was quick. We put Naya, Andromeda's voice actress, in one of the chainmail suits and had her ad-lib something. I don't remember her speech, but I remember she said, Hero, a lot. And every time she did, I thought of Jack. I don't see any. <gasps> he was a hero, whoever he was. And hero only exists as long as there's a problem to solve. And as soon as it's solved, we don't need it. I'd like to think he's still out there, helping someone else. The galaxy needs heroes. Without them, who's gonna fix this mess we need? Us? Target recognized. What? Thea? Jack changed lives. And I firmly believe that was only the beginning of the man he turned out to be. Because when a person like Jack Takano rolls through, everything changes. And... Target is Juno Steel. Directive, do no harm. Message, Mayor O'Flaherty requests your presence. Current form of this Thea Order unit is incapable of non-violent capture. Report to the surface. This is your only warning. Farewell, Juno Steel. Don't sweat it, Small Fry. You did good. It's gonna be alright. We're gonna patch you up, and we're gonna get moving, and we're gonna find you a home. Whatever the hell that looks like now. If you've enjoyed this tale, please consider donating to the Penumbra on Patreon. Our artists work tirelessly to bring you these stories, and if you have the means, we hope you will support our efforts. Every dollar helps. You can find that page at patreon.com slash thepenumbrapodcast. If you support us on Patreon at a $10 level or higher, you will receive access to commentary tracks like this one from co-creators Sophie Kaner and Kevin Vibert. Then, you know, like... Okay, here's an example of my insanity. Is like in Monsters Reflection. I remember I spent a really, really long time splicing together footsteps because I wanted it to be clear that Juno was crossing a threshold from um, a wooden floor into a carpeted room. So it was really important to me that we go from wood floor footsteps to carpeted footsteps. And that's not even rare. You do that a lot. I know, and I think I told Joshua about it, and he was like, yeah, I wouldn't. You can also support The Penumbra by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter, at The Penumbra Pod, following us on Tumblr, at The Penumbra Podcast, telling your friends about us, telling your friends to tell their friends about us, and especially by rating and reviewing our podcast on iTunes. Every rating, comment, and kind word spreads our stories further and inspires us to keep creating more and better tales to come. We would like to give special thanks to all who support us on Patreon, but especially to Minchowski... Camille Blanton, Christine Kim, Rowan Collins, Garrett M., Jay Yanazelli, Karen Z.H., Cantaloupe, Fiona Parker, Reagan, Co., Kim Zygen, Aetha Lang, Vron, Charlie Spiegel, and Jamie Gunter for their incredibly generous contributions per episode. Thank you. 
Did you know that the Penumbra has merchandise for sale? It's true. The Penumbra has partnered with DFTBA to bring you the posters, shirts, and pins your heart desires. Just go to DFTBA.com and search for the Penumbra podcast. This tale, Juno Steele and the Long Way Home, was told by the following people. Joshua Elon as Juno Steele. Matthew Zonzinger as Jack Takano and Ramses O'Flaherty. Marge Dunn as Hawk Hackett. Bob Musset as Lorenzo Vega. Melissa Barker as Jocelyn Chen. Allison Schott as the Miranda Fairbanks reader. Sophie Kaner as the Thea. And Alexander Stravinsky as the man in the brown jacket. The Penumbra is created and produced by Sophie Kaner and Kevin Vibert. If you wish to know more about our ever-expanding, infinitely creative team of artists, musicians, editors, designers, and managers, you can read about them in the show notes of this episode. I'm afraid this is the end of the line for today, dear traveler. We hope you will ride with the Penumbra again soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.